Well, I, I, I'm always excited to hear uh, funny jokes from you guys, and uh, it's, uh, it's always uh, nice to put a smile on your face. A lot of people want to approach you with bad news, but I love it when people approach me with good news. Someone approached me this morning, and they said, do you know why Santa has three gardens? I said, excuse me? He has what? Santa has three gardens? I said, I, I don't know. They said, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> you know it's cute. Guys, I figured out life. It took me getting a PhD to figure it out, but I figured out life, and I want to explain it to you. It's a little different from the biblical account, but just, just bear with me for a minute. On the first day, God created the dog. Now, I didn't know if you knew that or not. And he said, I want you to sit by the door of your house or sit on the front porch, and I want you to bark at anyone who comes by, and I'm going to give you 20 years. And the dog says, well, that's a long time to be sitting here on this porch and barking at everybody who goes by. Can I give you 10 years back? And the Lord said, okay, you can give me 10 years back. So then the second day, God created the monkey. I didn't know if you knew that or not. And uh, he said, I want you to entertain people, do monkey tricks, make faces and make them laugh. I'll give you 20 years. The monkey said, well, that's a long time to be doing tricks and making faces and make people laugh. I, can I just take 10 years like the dog did and give 10 years back? And God said, okay. Did you know on the third day God created the cow? I don't know if you, know, you knew that or not. And he said, well, you must go in the field with the farmer all day long. You must suffer under the hot sun. You must give birth calves and give milk and support the farmer. I'll give you a span of 60 years. And the cow said, well, that's a, that's a lot of time for this tough of a life, 60 years. Can I do what the dog and the monkey did and I can just have 20 years and give you 40 years back? God said, okay. Then on the fourth day, I didn't know if y'all knew this or not, God created man. And he said, I want you to eat, I want you to sleep, I want you to play, I want you to marry, I want you to enjoy your life, I'll give you 20 years. And the man said, oh, only 20 years? I'll tell you what, that's too short a time to have all of this. How about give me the 10 years the dog gave back and give me 10 years the monkey gave back and give me the 40 years that the cow gave back and, 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 and that way I can have a lot of time. And God says, okay, I'll do that. So I'll give you 80 years. Okay, God said, let's go with that. So for the first 20 years of our lives, we eat and we sleep and we play and we marry and we enjoy ourselves. Next 40 years, we slave under the hot sun to support our family. And then the next 10 years, we do monkey tricks and make faces for our grandchildren. And then the last 10 years, we sit on the porch and we bark at everybody who goes by. So I figured life out. Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> Doesn't that make sense? Lord, you know we're just having fun. We're not going to change how you really did it, but that is quite fun. Amen. Well, here we are on the second week leading up in the event, uh, Advent for as we approach the coming of our Lord and Savior, the celebration of God so loving the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. So as we light that second candle, we say, thank you, God, that you have sent the light into this dark world as you sent your only begotten son, Jesus, to bring hope and deliverance and help for each and every one who will embrace him. What an exciting time of the year that we live in. But as, uh, as, as exciting as it is, let me tell you what, the enemy ramps up his warfare against us during this time more so than any other time of the year. That's why we've been looking at this series 
for the last several Sundays on the spiritual warfare as we're preparing ourselves and positioning ourselves to be victorious through this holiday and Christmas season. And we're basing our text in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 and following. So let's just pray before we read this word. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for it that will direct our steps and give us instruction and it will illuminate our minds and give us revelation to walk in. But Lord God, we thank you as you, Holy Spirit, is the author of the word that you are here present with us. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our ears so that we can hear what you are saying to us this day, that we might not be hearers only, but doers as well. To you be the glory and the honor and the praise, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Looking at verse 10, beginning in chapter 6 of Ephesians, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. If you want to know God's will for you, He wants you to be strong, and your strength is found in the Lord and in the power of His might. And how do we do this? We have to put on the whole armor of God. Your pastor's not going to put it on for you. Your, your parents aren't going to put it on for you. Your spouse is not going to put it on for you. The Bible says you must do this for yourself. You have to put on the whole armor of God. And why do we need the armor of God? So that we can stand, we can stand against the wiles of the devil. The enemy is trying to destroy us. The enemy is trying to come in and, and, and bring about destruction in our lives, but we can stand against it with the armor of God, the whole armor of God. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. He's identifying Satan, so it's not flesh and blood. Have you been into a contention with the flesh and blood? Let me tell you what, behind that was a spiritual attack. The, the enemy will use people closest to you and their weakness, he will use their weakness to push your button. And everybody in here has a button, I guarantee you. You say, well, I'm so holy. No, that halo is from the Dollar Tree. You have a button. You have a button. And the devil knows how to get somebody closest to you. Uh, uh, somebody, a stranger, can't push your button but the person closest to you can. So the enemy is always looking for any angle he can to push your button. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this age and spiritual uh, hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's what we're wrestling against. So therefore, we need to take up the whole armor of God that we can withstand in the evil day and having done all to what? Come on, you got to talk back to me now. We're not a dead church, we're a live church. And doing all, you got to what? Stand. Look at verse 14, he follows up by that. Stand, therefore. God wants you to stand. He doesn't want you to fall. He doesn't want you to be subject to the enemy. He wants you to stand, having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And he says, and above all, taking the shield of faith, the shield of faith, which is, uh, which will be able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. How many darts can we quench? Everyone. Everyone. With the shield of faith, after we have shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm here to warn you today. Here's a warning I believe God is bringing from heaven to earth. We are in a season of intensified warfare. You need to open your eyes and open your ears and hear the truth of the Lord. 
as we are entering in the most Christ-centered and Jesus-worshipped holidays of the whole year, and it's, oh, it's most Christ-centered in the whole world. Think about it. There is more focus on Jesus Christ, the gift of God, the Son of God, this time of the year in the whole world, in every language, than any other time of the year. And the enemy hates that. When he was in heaven, he didn't want God glorified. And here on this earth, he doesn't want God glorified. So he is fighting it. He is warring with every strategy and every wile and every trick that he has to try his best to come against us during this time of the year. Yes, there's spiritual warfare all year long, but I believe it is more intensified and it is more magnified this time of the year than ever as the enemy hates Jesus Christ being glorified. He wants, you to, he wants everybody to be going around saying, you know, happy holidays. But I'm here to tell you there's more Merry Christmas, more Christmas going forth this year than I've ever heard in my life. There's like there's a purposeful intention by the body of Christ to lift up the name of Jesus because everyone says that, and the Bible says if Jesus be lifted up, God would draw all men unto Him. This is the time of the year where every prophecy of the Messiah's coming is a this is the time of the year where every fulfillment of these prophecies are amplified. This is the time of the year that every focus on God's love towards mankind is glorified. And this is the time of the year every ounce of deliverance through Christ is magnified. To God be the glory. To God be the praise. To God be all worship forevermore. Let the church say amen. amen. Satan can't stand this. I love it. I love. Oh, I, you know, there's a there's that side of us that all, all we all got a fighter in us. Did you know that? Let me push your button and I guarantee you I can see that fight. But we got to direct the fight in the right direction. It's not against our brother or sister. It's not even against, against those in the world who are yet lost, but we want them to know Jesus and be found. It is against the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we're to wrestle against these principalities and these powers and these rulers of darkness in high places. In the name of Jesus, we're to go forth victorious. The devil can't stand it that we're glorifying Jesus. The devil can't stand it that Christians are saying, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was bound, but now I'm free because of Jesus Christ, His blood and His name and His righteousness. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, Satan, in every principality and every power and every ruler of darkness of this age and every spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places is at war. They are not on vacation. I'm telling you, they are all at war. And they have assignments and strategies to come against the work of God, especially during this time of the year. And to come against the work of God means they're coming against the people of God. And I believe that's why many people are facing struggles and in their attempt to advance into things of God. There was a recent survey that was done, conducted by Healthline. <clears throat> And in this survey, they found that 62% of people said that their stress levels go out the roof. Their stress levels go to a whole new height during this time of the year. Some of the biggest stressors, those four stressors they found in this survey was finances, time, energy, and relationships. 
So let me tell you what, this is what the enemy says. He says, okay, if they're most stressed about finances during this time of the year, they're most stressed about time and energy and relationships this time of the year, that's going to be our target. That's going to be our target. If we're really going to hit them where it hurts and we really got to get them to stop glorifying this Jesus and magnifying this Jesus and praising this Jesus and start singing their woe is me rather than worthy is he, okay? So then we're going to attack their finances. We're going to attack their time. We're going to attack their energy. We're going to attack their relationships. You've got to be made aware of this. You've got to be made aware. We're in a warfare here. We cannot put our head in the sand and pretend this is not reality because the Word of God says this is real. So here's the things we need to know. we got to know our enemy, and that's why we're studying the Word of God so that we can expose the tricks and expose the wiles and expose the strategies of the enemy. And you got to know your God. And Pastor Tim is here to help you celebrate the goodness of God, the power of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, the anointing of God, the, 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 the uh, uh, power that God wants to bring in and through your life, not just out here but in you and working through you. So you got to know yourself that you are the redeemed of the Lord, that you're the sons and daughters of God, that you're the plan that God has for redemption to be spread throughout this earth. He has a plan for you to work in you and through you. But you also got to, as you participate in this, you got to know your weapons. You got to know your weapons. And part of the weapons we see is some are, are for the offense and some are for the defense and some are for both. And one that we're looking at, uh, two Sundays ago, we were looking at the helmet of salvation. You got to protect your head. The enemy's sending in lies. He's sending in all kind of discouragement. He's trying to get in your head. He's trying to get you uh, to lose focus on the plan of God, lose focus on the promises of God. He's trying to get you engaged in the wrong fight, in the wrong place. You've got to put on the helmet of salvation, the helmet of sozo. Sozo is the Greek word there for salvation, which means to be healed, means to be whole, made whole, means to be prospered, means to be made well in every area of your life. So you've got to say when the devil's coming in one way you got to go out devil seven ways because i am the healed of god i am the delivered of god i am the victorious of god i am the child of god i am a son a daughter of god i am a, the priest of god i am a, a king a royalty of god you got to keep your head in the right in the in the word you got to keep your head in the right place you got to protect your head then we look last sunday you got to protect your heart Man, the enemy wants to bring brokenness in your heart. Rejection. He wants you to feel rejected. He wants you to feel unloved. He wants you to feel like you don't have a place and a plan and a purpose in God's uh, heart. Let me tell you what, the devil is a liar. you got to protect your heart. And how do you do it? With the breastplate of righteousness. See, he comes in with condemnation to make you have a condemned heart so that you don't feel worthy. And really and truly, none of us are worthy to be used by God. None of us are worthy to be sons and daughters of God. But Jesus, who knew sin took on our sin to get it off of us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and he did it all so we could be worthy we could be found worthy in and through Jesus Christ to be sons and daughters of the most high God so you got to protect your heart and this morning we're looking at you got to protect your feet you got to protect your feet. He said you have to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace because let me tell you what if you want to take down a big guy go for his feet you want to take down a giant? You know, David took him out by hitting him in the head. That's one place. But let me tell you what. You can take somebody out by their feet. And no matter how big and strong they are on the top, let me, as we said when I played football, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Okay? So we would uh, go, after, go down low. 
so that we could take out their feet. You've got to protect your feet because Satan is throwing out banana peels and he is trying to strategically place them so that if you're careless and not focused in the spiritual warfare, especially during this holiday season, you're going you're gonna to trip. Wouldn't it be cool if I learned how to really do that and fall? Y'all would love that. Yeah, I didn't hurt myself, you know. But I'm not that skilled of a stuntman, so we'll just, we'll just let your eye, you know, just your imagination draw that. You know, you just slipped on a banana peel. He loves that because when he gets you down, your influence goes down. Your authority goes down. The impact you have for the kingdom of God goes down. That glory that you're ascribing unto God that Satan hates so much, it falls down as well. And we've got to learn that because if we don't, the enemy's going to win. So what he does is he attacks us. He's attacking your feet. He's coming against that gospel of peace where there's nothing broken and nothing missing, where you're walking in life, where your you know, shoe leather meets the earth, where you're walking. That's where he's attacking you. And I guarantee you, I'm going to show you some things right now that may help you identify the attacks that's been coming that maybe you didn't even realize they were spiritual attacks because the enemy is trying to trip you up. I believe that there's greater spiritual attack come against us during this time of the year than any other time of the year. You say, well, what is a spiritual attack? Well, it is a spiritual attack. I would say it is this. It's a series of coordinated uh, events that is uh, being uh, done uh, by demonic forces uh, who are trying to come in and cause you to trip up and abort the promises or shipwreck your faith or cause you as a believer to be oppressed and stall out in fulfilling your destiny. It's trying to get you to lose your footing. God says, I want you to stand. The enemy says, I want you to fall. So Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, he said, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So if we're, if we're ignorant of his devices, Satan will take advantage of us. But to keep him from taking advantage of us, we cannot be ignorant of his devices. So I'm here this morning to expose his devices so that you are not ignorant of them so that he cannot take advantage of you this time of the year. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So I don't know if any of you have ever uh, said this. You know, these are symptoms of, let's say, getting the flu. Uh, they're symptoms of getting a cold. Uh, you got to be careful Googling symptoms, Okay. Because some people, you know, they, they get their, their elbows hurting and they start Googling it. Next thing they know, they're seeing they got to amputate their arm because there's a, a bone cancer that started in the elbow. And really it was in their sleep, they just hit the end table, you know, and they didn't realize it. They hit the side table beside the bed and they didn't realize it. Now they're going to get their arm amputated because they Googled their symptoms. You know, there are symptoms, though, of when you're getting a cold, when you're getting the flu, there are symptoms. And, uh, and there's also symptoms of spiritual warfare. And these symptoms of spiritual warfare, you got to ca be cautioned about these because they will cause you to lose your footing. So I want us to look uh, at some symptoms that maybe are indicative of you being under spiritual warfare during this time of the year. So as we look through these, don't, don't be Googling it so much that, you know, every, everything's got a demon in it. I'm not talking about that. 
But these are, if this is going on in your life, this could be an indication that you are under attack by the enemy. And the good news is you already have the victory. We're going to show you in the end how to exercise it and get the devil out. Get the devil out in the name of Jesus. Kick out the devil. You know, shut the door. Amen. He does not have a right or a place in your life. But let's look at some of these symptoms. The first one we want to look at is a lack of spiritual passion. Here, this girl did the falling for me and uh, so that I didn't have to do it for you there. But uh, the enemy wants to knock your feet out, slip your feet out from under you. And one of the ways he does that is he starts coming in and attacking your spiritual passion. And when you find that's happening, uh, you start losing this uh, spiritual the passion just is not there anymore. You, you, the enemy's coming in to try and steal your tenacity that, for, that you have for the things of God. And suddenly your prayer life seems stalled and your commitment is tested and everything you do, it's like you got to push through it. you got to push through it. You feel like you're just going through the motions, but there's just no real feeling. There's no real passion. You know, I, I, God, I don't want to turn my back on you, but I don't even know if you're even there anymore. I don't even know if you pay me any attention anymore. A lack of spiritual passion is one of the signs or symptoms of spiritual attack. Another one is extreme frustration. The extreme frustration, because when you're under a spiritual attack, the enemy is using every circumstance to oppress your mind and get you frustrated. A person who is under siege finds themselves on edge and very anxious. Their temper is becoming short. They're ready to just fly off the handle at anything. You know, uh, they, they drop something down between the seat and the car, and they're reaching down, and they break their nail while they're doing it, and they're saying words that they know doesn't please the Lord. And they're looking around, hoping Grandma didn't hear them say it, because they'd never say that around Grandma. She would make them wash their mouth out with soap. And, and they're a Christian. Maybe they just left church. Maybe they're still at church, you know. Come on now. I, I went back between services and was drying off and cooling down, and, and I got me, uh, was fixing me a cup of uh, a coffee and put this little pod in the thing that makes the coffee, and it fell down between the filing cabinets. And I just laughed and laughed and laughed because I preached this in the first service, and I said, Devil, you think you're going to get me with that? I got a whole case of coffee over there, but just to show you, and I did a little squeeze, turn, flip, and I got that thing out, and I said, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm not going to curse. I'm going to bless the Lord. But I'm here to tell you, when there is extreme frustration, the attack, the, sp the spiritual uh, forces have been coming against you, you find that you're saying stuff and reacting in ways just right fly off the cuff, and you're not happy with that. You don't want anybody else to see that side of you. Let me tell you what, it's a sign you're under spiritual attack. Another one is a confusion of purpose. Because when you come under spiritual attack, let me tell you what, the enemy is bombarding you with, with the attacks and next thing you know, you lose focus on your spiritual direction. This is one of the chief goals of the enemy is to trip you up and get the believer to step out or fall out of his destiny. Let me tell you what, that wrong move begins very small, but if he can trip you up and get you off course, as you keep walking off course, you get further and further away from your destiny and calling. you got to understand, wait a minute, I know God has called me. He has a purpose for me. I'm going to fulfill that destiny. I, want, I need clarity. And instead of running from the Lord, you need to run to the Lord. So here's a symptom of a spiritual attack. Another one is a lack of peace. Oh, how true that is. 
The enemy's bombarding your mind. He's coming against your circumstances. He's coming against people in your life. They're coming against you. You think it's a flesh and blood fight, but really it's a spiritual fight. And the next thing you know, you've lost your peace in your heart. You've lost your peace in your mind. You've lost your peace with uh, that relationship. You've lost your peace with, with going about life. You're frustrated now. The shalom of God is lifted where there's nothing broken and nothing missing is lifted. And now everything's a struggle and everything is stressful and everything. Let me tell you what, the enemy loves that. He loves that. Now you become irritated and exhausted over just doing nothing, basically, because he has robbed you of your peace. Let me tell you what the shalom of God you need. you got to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and it is a gospel. It is good news. The peace of God brings good news. The peace of God brings hope. In the midst of darkness, it brings light. In the midst of bondage, it brings freedom. In the midst of that which is lost, it brings gain. Let me tell you what, the peace of God will fix everything in your life. It's good news. Hallelujah. But you've got to lace up your feet with it. You've got to walk in it. You can't let the devil trick you up. You can't let the devil trip you and get you out of God's peace in your life. Another one of the symptoms of a spiritual attack is unusually sluggish and tired. Because of what's going on in the spirit realm, it affects you in the physical realm. You maybe are not sleeping uh, like you should, or you're sleeping, but you're waking up still tired. You're, you're feeling uh, uh, health issues in your life are, are just combating you, and, and, and it's like you're going from one health issue to the next health issue, and it's just, it's like, you, and, and the devil will tell you, ah, oh, it's just physical. Uh-uh. Let me tell you what, it begins in the spirit first. What happens in the spirit will manifest in the physical realm. You got to know, don't you just say, ah, this is just, oh, this comes with this time of the year. Oh, it comes with this weather. No, you're to be the head and not to tell 24, 7, 365 days a year. Don't you get let no seasonal message or seasonal lie tell you that a part of the year you're supposed to be sick. You're supposed to get the flu. You're supposed to be, uh, you know, dying. No. God says you shall not die. You will live and declare the works of the Lord. You've got to fight that thing. It is a spiritual attack. And you've got to, you've got to come against the enemy. I'll show you how to do that here in just a minute. And then number six, this strong urge to quit and give up. If you've been dealing with that, you're under spiritual attack. Let me tell you, every one of us is born with a unique purpose. God needed you. That's why He created you. And He has given you a purpose. You say, well, my purpose is it's not that glamorous. God needs you. The smallest gear in the gear network of any engine or any watch or anything is necessary. Take that smallest, smallest element out and nothing functions. Take the little starter wire going from your battery to your starter off the car and that $30,000, $50,000 vehicle is of no good to you because of maybe a $5 thing that is not connected. Every one of us has a purpose. And what we need to do is rejoice in finding and fulfilling our purpose. He said in the Old Testament, he had these artisans that he had given the supernatural ability to work with wood. Some carpenters like, well, I'm just a mere carpenter. They said it about Jesus. He's just the son of that mere carpenter. You know, he's a carpenter from, from Nazareth or Bethlehem. Let me tell you what. 
Here, he said these artisans came and they uh, began to work with the wood in building the temple. And as they built, built the temple, God said, it was unto my glory it was designed. So those men that were chiseling and working with the wood, they may have felt like, well, I'm just working with wood here, but God says what you're doing is for my glory. It is glorifying me. You don't let the devil talk you out of your purpose and destiny. You don't let the devil get you to quit and give up. You say, I'm here. And if it's just to chisel a piece of wood, I'll chisel it for the glory of God. If it's just to be this or just to do that, I'll do it for the glory of God. you got to know that you are here on assignment and God needs you and He desires to work in you and through you and direct you. And the devil knows that. That's why he's trying to get you to quit. And he's trying to get you to give up. You need to say, I will not give up. I will not quit. I will serve the Lord my God all the days of my life. I will honor Him and I will bring glory to Him with everything that I can. Hallelujah. Another symptom of a spiritual attack is the enemy wants to draw you back to old bondages. Oh my, if you've gotten a, you're getting a desire for old bondages, let me tell you what, you're under spiritual attack. You're under spiritual attack. I know there was this one gentleman in our church, and, and he tells this story to young people, everybody he can, to help them out. Uh, so it's a story I can tell. And uh, he says, you know, he said, I used to smoke. He said, Pastor, I smoke, and I smoke. And uh, everybody was telling me, oh, that's not good for you. That's not good for you. That's not a good witness as a Christian. You're smoking. And I always told him, if, it, if God convicts me, I'll stop. If it hurts me, I'll stop. And he said, one day I was working and, and I lost my breath and I couldn't breathe. And, and, and it was like, I, it was hard to catch my breath. And I said, Lord, help me. God, he said, I heard God say, you need to quit smoking. You need to help yourself. You need to quit smoking. He said, God, if you'll help me quit, I'll quit. And he says, I laid them down, never touched a cigarette, never touched a cigarette. He said, it was good. Now we clap at that, but listen to the rest of the story. So he says, now several years have gone by and he came through this season where he was dealing with a divorce. He said, I don't know why my wife, she just, she just lost her mind. She didn't want to go to church with me. She didn't want to bring the kids and help them get ready to go to church with me. And I'd always been so excited. We had a, a family and our family was in church. And I talked to her and begged her and pleaded her. And she wouldn't. She just didn't want anything to do with church. She didn't want to have nothing to do with me. So we separate bedrooms, led to a separation, led to a divorce. He said, in the frustration of all of this, he said, I picked up a cigarette one day. And I took a draw on it. And he said, oh, that feels so good. And I can't imagine what that feels like because I've never done it. But he said, that feels so good and tastes so good. I can't understand that as bad as they stink. But nonetheless, if you've done it, you've got a tolerance for it, whatever. And... Uh, and then he says, you know what? He says, it gave me a calm for a moment, but then a hunger came. And it's like, I want another. I want another. He said, I went through that pack. I had to go get a carton. I went through that carton. He said, I was smoking three times as much as I'd ever smoked before. And I couldn't stop. I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough. And he says, this is, this is not good. And he says, you know, but it's helping me, helping me through this stressful time. No, he was under spiritual attack. And the enemy's drawing him right back to his old bondage. And now he says, I went to work one day and, and I lost my breath worse than I'd lost it before. And I'm coughing and I call, God, help me. Hey, you know, when you get in trouble, when you can't breathe, you really call, people that don't even believe in God call on God when they're in trouble, you know. And they're like, oh, God, help me, help me. Uh, give me my breath back. And God, he said, God said, you need to quit smoking. And he's like, God, if you'll help me quit smoking, I'll lay them down. And he says it just was silent. He said, I don't know why. He said, okay, but I tried to lay him down. He says, I couldn't. 
He said, those things had a hook in me like they never had before. He says, I remembered back how easy it was to get free a couple of years ago. And now he says, I'm dreaming about it. He said, I was dreaming about it. I'm smoking my fingers in my sleep. You know, it's like I'm waking up. Where's my cigarette? Where's my cigarette? He said, oh, I just love them. He says, I'd walk in a, a restaurant. Back then, they smoked in restaurants, you know, and I'd walk in a restaurant, and I'd just find somebody. If I didn't have a cigarette on me, I'd go, would you loan me a cigarette? Give me a cigarette. You don't loan cigarettes, you know. You give me a cigarette. And uh, he said, I was just like an addict. I was wild. I was crazy. And I just bad God. God, help me, God, help me, God. And he says, it took a total, total, like, rededication sellout to God before I got free. He said, I learned one thing. When you play with the devil, the devil is more skillful than you think. And that hook that he puts that little bait on, there is a stainless steel hook there, and it will grab you, and it's one of those hooks that's got the barb on it that doesn't let the hook come out easy without ripping a hole in you. And he says, I learned right there, you, when God sets you free, you better rejoice in your freedom and stay in your freedom and don't go play with the, when the Bible talks about like a dog going back to his vomit, he said, oh, don't do that. So I'm here to tell you, this is a, a, a season of great spiritual warfare, and the spiritual attacks that the enemy may be bringing on you may be trying to draw you back to some old bondages, draw you back to some old relationships, draw you back to some old ways of, of, of coping with stress, of, of alcohol and drugs and medication and, and uh, uh, bad relationships. Let me tell you what, you better not go for it because it will drag you deeper and it will hold you longer and it will cost you more than you ever wanted to pay or give up. The devil has no mercy. The devil has no grace. Do you hear what I'm saying? And if you give in to him, he's going to drag you to the bottom of the abyss and laugh at you while he holds you there. So if you feel this urge being drawn back to some old habits and old relationships and old ways, and old, you better rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus and say, this is a spiritual attack. I am not receiving it. I am not giving in to it. I am not walking that way. Amen. And then the final one is questioning direction and call on your life that was once so clear. At one time you just knew this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the direction I'm supposed to walk. This is how I am supposed to build my life. It was so clear, but now you're questioning that. The enemy has been eroding your confidence and eroding because he's been attacking your heart. He's eroding your confidence with condemnation through your failures. He is, he is coming with attacks into your mind and he's telling you that the salvation of God is not for you. The wholeness of God is not for you. The redemptive work of God is not for this area of your life. And now you start questioning you know, whether or not I really can be used by God. Can I really be used by the Holy Spirit and, and the power of God to do great and mighty things? I would here to tell you the reason the devil is uh, fighting you in that area because he's most afraid of you fulfilling your purpose and your destiny. So if you're questioning it, that's a good sign. If you're questioning it, it's a good sign that you're under a spiritual attack and now you know what to do. It's not a good sign that you're questioning it, but now the good sign is you know what's happening and you're under spiritual attack. 
So when the enemy's coming in and he's trying to steal your passion, that's why here at Christian Embassy, we love it when you come in with passion and worship the Lord. And there's some people, you know, I remember starting the church 26 years ago. And as we started the church and, and, and I got a group of people and believe it or not, I used to be the praise and worship leader. And uh, believe it or not, I used to stand behind the keyboard with a microphone, not here. We were in a little church, a little chapel that was as small, smaller than the foyer out there. And uh, I would stand behind the keyboard. I had a little drummer thing on my keyboard. And I had the sound system set up over here. So I'm working the sound, playing the keyboard, singing. Everybody's suffering through what I'm doing. But uh, some folks say, you know what? We just don't, you know, I'm like, y'all got to praise the Lord. You got to come on. He deserves, does he deserve the glory? Like, yeah. Does he deserve the praise? Yeah. It's time to shout. It's time to clap your hands. It's time to dance. He said in the Psalms that we should worship him with the dance. Is somebody ready to dance? Yeah. And then I'd start playing and nobody would do it. And then I'm like, why? Y'all said, yeah. They said, they said, you off beat. You off beat. We'd, we'd be tripping ourselves up, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, come on now. I want a passion that will press through the offbeat season. Amen. That we don't, we're not choreographed with, we're not choreographing ourselves with the beat. That's not why we're dancing. We're dancing because our God is worthy to receive the praise and the glory and the honor. Oh, God, give us a passion, spiritual passion in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But when you're under spiritual attack, let me tell you what, these symptoms are real. So let me give you three keys to breakthrough. Three keys to breakthrough so that we can leave here no longer chained, no longer in bondage to what the enemy's trying, but we're free to soar into what God has for us. And the first one that I want to give to you as we uh, encourage you, the Bible says that we are to re uh, rebuke and attack uh, the power over us Jesus said in Luke 9 and 1, uh, all authority has been given to you over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power of the enemy. I've given you authority. He, may, he cannot overcome you if you exercise that authority. That exousia, that authority, I've given it to you over all the dunamis, over all the power of the enemy, but you've got to exercise it. So here's the three keys to breakthrough. Number one, you've got to break free with faith. You got to break free with faith. This is not going to be something that you just do a, a certain chant and it's going to work. The devil will laugh at you. It's not even you reading a scripture at the devil, he'll laugh at you. It's not even you praying, just praying a prayer, it's, he'll laugh at you. It's got to be done in faith. It's got to be done in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you're going to operate in the plan of God, in the pleasure of God, it's got to be done in faith. Everything He said that is done not in faith is sin. So it's got, we've got to break free with faith. We've got to fight with faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which is, uh, gives you the ability to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. It's time you stop what the enemy means for evil. You stop it. You stop it with a shield of faith. You've got to be a man of faith. You've got to be a woman of faith. you got to say what God says because you believe what God says is more real than what you see. And when you say what God says over what you see, what God says will change what you see. What you see will never change God, but what God says will change what you see. But you are the conduit to bring heaven to earth. You're the conduit. Faith is the contractor that takes the hope that God has given us and builds it here on this earth. You must be a man or woman of faith. Hallelujah. And the second thing you got to do, you got to break free with prayer. There's power in prayer. 
Some of these things, the Bible says, some of these demons only go by prayer and fasting. Sometimes you've got to add some fasting to it as well. Let me tell you what. You want to make your prayer serious? You want to you take a prayer that's dull and sharpen it? You add some fasting with that prayer. I'm telling you, that father said, Jesus, we took my son to your disciples. I took my son to your disciples. And they did the same thing they did with others, but they prayed and he's not being delivered. And that boy, that demons are throwing him in the fire and throwing him in the water. He's foaming at the mouth. And he says, he's not being delivered. That ex, uh, that, 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 uh, what the enemy was manifesting externally uh, probably got the disciples to you know, step out of faith. They're like, oh my goodness, we never, never seen, we never had to deal with him like this. Oh my goodness, this child, throw, I mean, he's throwing itself in the fire and pulling him out of the fire. He's trying to drown him. What is going on with him? He's foaming at the mouth. And, and they tried to set the little boy free, but couldn't. So he, dad brings him to Jesus. And Jesus said, uh, you know, so how long has this been going on? He didn't disturb Jesus. He's like, how long has this been going on? Since he was, since he was a little thing. And Jesus rebukes the spirit and casts him out. And the boy is in limp. He's limp because you come, you're physically exhausted under spiritual warfare. That's why some of these symptoms are so, because spiritual warfare will exhaust you. But let me tell you what. Jesus, he said, he said there's some you know, disciples said, well, what is it? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't we get uh, deliverance here? And why didn't we see? He said, some go by prayer and fasting. You know, fasting helps you get really connected with your faith side rather than your flesh side because you're denying the flesh, okay? And I know talking about fasting going into Christmas is probably going to cause all of you to want to stay home next Sunday. So I'm not forcing it on you. I'm just telling you, you can break free with prayer. And if you're having a hard time, prayer and fasting, but fast and pray in faith. Hallelujah. And then finally, break free with resistance. You've got to do this. I can't do it for you. You've got to do this. He says in James 4 and 7, Submit, therefore, to God. Let me tell you what. Everything that you do, if you're not submitted to God, is going to be ineffective. It is not going to have the power of God behind it. So he gives us a pattern here. We have to submit to God. And then we can resist the devil. And the Bible didn't say, He'll change his mind and back off and just watch from a distance. For another opportune time. He didn't say that. The Bible didn't say that he would pretend he was gone and just stand in the shadows. He didn't say that. The Bible says you do it my way, the devil sees an authority that's greater than you. Like the little boy that's standing up to the bully and the bully begins to break out in sweat and, 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 and bite his nails and he runs away and the little boy's like, wow, working out with pu doing push-ups for two days really worked. But what he didn't see was his big brother. Brawny brother was behind him. And the boy saw the brother. Let me tell you what, we've got a brother too. And he's bigger than any demon and he's bigger than the devil himself. He's not co-equal co with the devil. Uh-uh-uh. Let me tell you what, Jesus Christ is God, was part of the creation of this world and Satan is a created being. They are not co-equal. And when Jesus stands up, your big brother stands up, you will see perspiration and you will see nail-biting and you will see knees begin to shake uh, and feet turn to run. And the Bible says if you'll submit therefore to God, uh, God has given you that authority. He has given you that power that you resist the devil. You say, no, you're not coming into my house. No, you're not having my marriage. 
No, you're not touching my finances. No, you're not having my help. When you resist the devil, he doesn't just back off. The Bible says that word flee means he runs. He kicks up dust. He's running. It's like a car that is causing smoke because the tires are spinning so fast to get away from you. Hallelujah. Break free with faith. Break free with prayer. Break free with resistance. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. And then walk forward into the fulfillment of your purpose and destiny by walking in his peace. Your feet must be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Don't let him tri trip you up. Don't let him, don't let him trip you up. Don't let your feet be unprotected. Would you stand with me, please? Let's just pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Your word on warfare that we might understand what is going on. Lord God, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice, those tuning in, Facebook Live, on the internet, the radio, however they may be hearing this message, Lord, I believe this is for each and every one of us. That we might identify, are there any symptoms of spiritual attack in our lives? Has there been a loss of spiritual passion? Have we been easily frustrated, confused about our purpose? We've lost our peace and we're dealing with this unusual sluggishness and tiredness in our lives. And we just had this strong urge to quit and to give up. And those old things that we turned our back on, those old bondages that we've been freed from, it's calling us, wooing us, urging us, come back, come back. And rebellion is trying to give us words of justification to say, yes, it's okay to go back. Lord, help us to identify the spiritual attack today. Lord God, help us to identify what symptoms the enemy is used, are causing in our lives so that we can cut to the root of it. And I pray if there's anyone under spiritual attack here today, right now your commitment would be to break free in faith and to break free with prayer and prayer and fasting and to break free with resistance. But before you can resist, we must first submit. Are you fully submitted and surrendered to Jesus Christ as your Lord? Where He rules and He reigns. I want you to identify for just a moment. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show me. Show me if there's an unsubmitted area. Is there an area in my life that is not submitted to you, God? That's still mine. I'm still in charge of that. Lord, I want to have the authority and I want to exercise that authority to resist the enemy and see him flee. I don't want him to come and kill, steal and destroy anything in my life. That's all he does, you said. I don't want him around his destruction. I don't want him around the death that he's trying to bring even into my body and into my family members trying to kill us. I don't want the loss of what he's going to steal, our joy, our happiness, our family, our time. I want the devil gone. And you said in order for me to have the authority 
or use the authority you've given me to resist him so that he'll flee. I've got to submit to you. So, Lord, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, just ask him. Holy Spirit, show me. Is there any area in my life that is not submitted to you? Show me, Lord, that I might submit it to you now. The first service, we gave everyone an opportunity if the Lord was showing you anything and you wanted to be totally surrendered and totally submitted to God for you to have that step of faith. Standing where you are many times is, is the trick that we, we don't step in faith. We just, we just let the moment pass us by. But there's a step of faith you can take today. You can begin this process of victory by stepping out in faith and bringing that thing on the altar. The altar was filled in our first services. Men and women brought it. They said, nope, the devil, you've tricked me. You tried to get me here in this area. Nope, I'm bringing it to the Lord. I'm giving it to God. I'm not walking out of here with that area of my life not surrendered to the Lord because I'm going to walk out of here in authority and power and I'm going to resist you, devil, and you're going to go. So they let pride lay aside and they let faith arise and they brought those things to the altar. I'm giving you that opportunity. Just step out right now and just say, Lord, I'm bringing to this altar things that you're showing me that I need to lay on this altar. I don't need to take this home with me. This is an area that I've tried to control. This is an area I've tried to hold on to. This is maybe an area, Lord, I don't even understand. But because I don't understand it, I want to give it to you. I don't want to let any unidentified thing in my life hold me back. I'm bringing it to you, to this altar this morning. I know I'm under spiritual attack. I know this is a time of intense spiritual warfare. And I'm not leaving here unprepared. I'm not leaving here uh, without my full armor on. And I know that I need to submit myself to you. The Bible says that if you will declare Jesus Christ as your Lord, which means you submit to His Lordship, and believe in your heart God's raised him from the dead you have access to salvation and that's everything that Sozo brings to you healing deliverance fulfillment prosperity advancement promotion and even eternal life it's all yours hallelujah if we submit to the Lord and also when you submit to the Lord you can resist the devil and he spins the tires out trying to get away from you rather than trying to run you over so Lord we come just ask the Lord, God, forgive me. Oh, the good news is God is willing to forgive any of us that would ask Him to forgive us. You know, in our home, we, we often walk in and say, uh-oh, trash needs to be empty because the atmosphere of the house is being uh, changed by some trash that hadn't been taken out. And we know we've got to get the trash out. Let me tell you what, the good news is if you bring any trash to the Lord, the Bible says that His blood doesn't just cover it, His blood washes it white as snow. His blood removes it from you and He takes it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. Now that is an awesome trash takeout. But you got to give it to Him. Lord, just repent. Just say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for trying to work that one out in my own wisdom. Forgive me, Lord God, for the way I've been acting in this area. Forgive me, Lord God, that I've been yielding to being pulled back into that bondage. Lord, I don't want to go down with that, that, that steel hook that is going to drag me down to the bottom of the abyss. Lord, I want to serve you. I don't want to serve the devil. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. And Jesus, cleanse me, I pray. As I rededicate my life to you, just dedicate it to him right now. The greatest gift you can give God is your life. Lord, I dedicate my life to you that I would leave here totally submitted to you. 
And I'm going to resist the devil. And I'm going to put on the whole armor of God. I know, Lord, you want me to put on that helmet of salvation. You want me to put on that blessed breastplate of righteousness. You want me to put on that belt of truth. Lord, I know you want me to shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I know you want me to take the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith. Lord God, I am preparing. And I'm going to pray in the Spirit, Lord, in all prayer and supplication in the Spirit so that the enemy is defeated in my life hallelujah so i dedicate myself to you in jesus name if that's your if that's your commitment say amen amen hallelujah hallelujah glory to god now resist the devil and he will flee and i'm just going to help you let's all say it together you just say i'm going to tell you what to say and then we'll say it together say devil i resist you in jesus name come on devil i resist you in jesus name amen how about love on one another hug somebody's neck come on give somebody a high five bless one another as we go into this week may god bless you all hallelujah